1 Timothy 5, verse 1 through 8. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers day and night, but she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially the members of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will. Well, hey, welcome to the treehouse. Dude, I love the treehouse. It's a treehouse. It's like a top three places in Atlanta. It's a, I, I mean, it's maybe my favorite place in Atlanta. <laughs> Very fair. It's a, a, a treehouse uh, ODR sesh. Uh, it's a special, I mean, this is like a gold-plated uh, ODR right here. Come on. Uh, live from the treehouse in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, to the Christ Covenant uh, folk, or even to the friend who is afar listening <laughs> my invitation is open. You're always welcome at the treehouse. So on. come on by and say hello. As you are. I'm, I'm glad uh, to be looking at this passage. I, I I love the pastoral epistles kind of in general. Um, and maybe I like First Timothy, partic- like especially of, of the pastoral epistles. I love First Timothy. Um, but uh, this passage, maybe even I like especially. Um, come on. I, I've actually, this the first part of this is is a passage that I have thought about a lot. Um, both for myself and in the any sort of role that I have in terms of like raising up future leaders in the church. Um, Will time was long ago uh, when I was I was like you, you know, a young, long, long uh, ago, a young, uh, good-looking, aspiring young church leader. Um, and you know, it's very easy. And I think this is why, like, I love this instruction. I mean, here's Timothy. I'm sure he was uh, brilliant. I mean, obviously Paul had taken a liking to him. There was a sense of, and I'm not at all suggesting that, like, there was necessary. I mean, we all have, like, blind spots and sin tendencies, even Timothy. I'm not trying to knock Timothy here at all. But I'm just saying, like, some of the blind spots and sin tendencies that he had are the same that guys have today that are incredibly godly. Uh, but there I was, you know, I'd gone to Southern Seminary. Um, I'd gotten my head full of all this doctrine and theology. I'd yeah. sat under people like Thomas Schreiner and Bruce Ware and Russ Moore. And I go to First Baptist Covington um, as a young pastor. And I, I wish that a guy would have sat me down and said, hey, you need to read this verse like every day. Um, because the way that a young man leads and the way that an older man leads and the way that a young woman leads and the way that an older woman leads, it's different. That's, yeah. that's what this passage is recognizing. Yeah. I mean, Paul, Paul is saying to Timothy, like, look, don't let people look down on you because of your youth. However, <laughs> however, Timothy, don't rebuke an older man. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you got to understand that you're a kid yeah. and the way that you talk to an older man is with some deference and respect. 
the way that you talk to a younger man is more like, you know, you can actually be a little more courageous there. It's like a brother. Um, you know, same thing with older women. Like you, you got to show them some deference and respect like you would with your mother, younger women as sisters and all in purity. Uh, and I, and I, and I have seen this, this is a tale as, as old as time, or at least as old as the young restless and reform movement, um, of like young men being very ambitious. Uh, and I would say very godly. I mean, so I'm not, this is even, I say this is an encouragement, but kind of not recognizing their, who they are as younger men and, and, and going in and talking to people who have been faithful members of this church. Sure. They haven't read Bavink, but they are faithful, godly leaders of this church that have been there for years and years and years. Um, and these younger men going in and telling them exactly how it should be done, yeah. exactly what yeah. should go, how they're wrong, how they're being short-sighted. And I think this is what Paul is addressing here. It's like, no, actually, guys, like, actually, Timothy, like, you might be short-sighted. It's not, it, it, there might be an address to bring, but go talk to that man as a father. Go talk to that man as a, or that woman as a mother. Um, and then, of course, all of this impurity, um, there's, there's, so we're just two verses in, but I think there's just a lot there. I want to talk about the widows section, but let's, uh, uh, let's kind of focus on, on those first two verses. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the passage? You know, I think two things come to mind. Um, first is, uh, it's a good word of guidance just for anybody who will ever choose a church or, you know, voices that they will listen to. So all of us, um, but you know, we're, we're constantly surrounded by new books new blog posts and uh, Twitter presences and um, just personalities. And, you know, the church uh, in helpful and unhelpful ways is very personality driven. Um, sure. And so I think a word of wisdom in here for just like the non-ministerial layman or woman in the church is when we hear somebody, you know, a new voice, uh, a personality, that is, is, you know, has this new take, this new book, this new idea. This is the sort of criteria that we should judge them off of, you know, if they are, how closely are they aligned with God's spirit? And if it is somebody who does not fulfill this, you know, but right, yeah. treats old men like idiots, right. or young men like idiots, um, you know, if there's this reckless disregard um, for other people because they don't get it, that's not of God's spirit and it doesn't matter what theology undergirds it. And so we do, we have to be cautious, you know? And then, um, I, I think the other thought that comes to mind, I've told this story before on ODR, but, uh, I don't think I'll ever forget when I was in college, I, um, spent, you know, an hour or two with Colin Hansen. I'm just kind of like talking to him about, you know, I was this like bright eyed, bushy tail, like, I was starting to write songs. I was starting Look, to have Colin these big I, thoughts. Colin and I are the old sages now. Yeah, I, 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 I was I, starting I to have all these big thoughts. Colin and I were like the puppies, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he and I are the exact same age. So like, it's it's funny to hear this, but yeah, anyway. But basically he was, he gave me some advice as like seeking a career, a young man seeking a career in thinking about, writing about, talking about Christian things. And he said, you know, if you want to get famous really quick, then write a book where you say that everyone before you was wrong. I kissed dating goodbye. 
um, Blue Like Jazz, you know, write a book where you reinvent the wheel. The only catch is that you probably won't walk very closely with God in 10 or 15 years. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to play the long game, which is obviously why, you know, obviously there's some sarcasm in here, but if you want to play the long game and walk with God for the rest of your life, then for this time in your life, you should be endlessly fascinated with other people and endlessly fascinated with ideas. And so read books, you know, watch film, be, be somebody who knows culture, who knows ideas, theologies and philosophies, and then care about other people and learn yeah. about other people. And that was such helpful, you know, like it, it aimed me, you know, he didn't even use this verse, but it was this first Timothy five idea of don't come in with your guns blazing, but view those who've gone before you as fathers and yes. those with you as brothers. And, and it's not that, it's not that like everybody older than you is always the most right. Not at all. Yeah. But it is like they should have a hearing. There, there, there is at least something right that they're saying, and and mm. I think that is a wise word. You know, I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Colin. Um, have you read the? He've read his autobiography of Keller yet? Or not yet? Not yet. Um, it's it's really really good in a lot of ways. And and one of the things. So I mean, even just like thinking about Keller's, like who obviously became this like Gandalf kind of figure in <laughs> you know our generation of Christendom, but. Um, you know, he couldn't get a job right out of seminary. Like he was like an obscure guy, uh -huh. like went to Hopewell, Virginia for nine years and just like worked as a faithful pastor. I mean, it wasn't like always bells and whistles. And, 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 and another thing that, that Colin brings out is like, he wasn't like this guy, you know, one of the dangerous things, a lot of guys get into ministry because they're like super affirmed. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah. oh, you're such a good preacher. You're such a good preacher boy. You're, you know, and so it's affirmation that they're chasing. Mm. And, you know, one of the things about, you know, Tim's like, he wasn't really that affirmed <laughs> like <laughs> early on in his yeah. ministry. I mean, I think there was some affirmation of his gift in college, but it wasn't this like identity thing uh, for him. He just kind of started doing ministry. Uh, and And so to your point, like, there, there's plenty of affirmation to go around for like the person that stands up and is the the polemic naysayer, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and I think that like people can find an identity in that. Yeah. I need to set these people straight, um, but there's not a ton of <laughs> affirmation to go around for the guy that's just going to encourage his spiritual fathers, you know, um, yeah. and so that's just a very I mean, that's just such a great word. All right, let, let's talk about the widows. Uh, it, it's this whole like truly a widow thing. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this? That it's like, again, like just the wisdom of scripture. I've been thinking a lot recently about like people who exploit their victimhood. Um, like that's such a mark of our age. Yeah. Righteousness comes through victimhood. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what... Uh, and that happens on both sides of like the political, religious, like it's oh, totally. everywhere. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, one of the things that Dahati Lewis said at the duck and the goose thing last year, he was talking about this. Um, and he was talking about how people exploit their victim victimhood. And so of course, like everybody that probably like leans politically right was like, you know, kind of sitting up straight and listening yeah, because yeah. it's like, ah, he's about to hammer the left. Yeah. And he said, like how Trump, um, <laughs> always like, 
says we're we're victims of the left media. We're victim like you know yeah, he basically everywhere. like took critical theory and set and applied it to like the way that oftentimes people on the right talk about how they're like such victims of mm-hmm. the the bias of the political media. And 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 I mean, just in case you're listening and now you're mad at me, I certainly do think there is a politically left slant to the uh to most of the mainstream media. But are are you are you just always going to use that as like a source of victimhood or are you just going to like, you know, do your thing and address it and face it. Anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make here is like, he's, he's, he's kind of noticing that. And he's like, look, there, there could be some people out there that are like self-indulgent or using a rough situation to kind of be lazy. Mm-hmm. He has this passage at the end. that's like incredibly convicting that says, look, you know, there's people out there that are like going to take advantage of the church and not try to uh, provide for their own household. And if yeah. that's who they are, then they're worse than an unbeliever. They've denied the faith. Dude, what a what a statement. And so, yeah. yeah. So I, it's, it's just interesting how balanced the Bible is because yes, like I think people are like, can be very critical of, you know, I'll, and I'll just keep using like political ideology here, but like very critical with how like, and you know, I'll just say like the period, the Puritan work ethic that like conservative Christians can kind of have, like you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps, et cetera, et cetera. Like people can say, well, y'all should be more compassionate. Y'all should be more loving. Y'all should be more sympathetic to the needy. And it's like, Paul's like saying like, of course, but people will exploit that. And so you have to be shrewd and you have to be wise. And if somebody's just out there exploiting that and not trying to provide for their own household or not providing for their mother, who is a widow now, like mm-hmm. you've got to address that. Like you, you, you can't allow um, broken systems. You know this exploitation of generosity to occur, mm-hmm. um, which again is just really refreshing to hear. So I don't know. Any thoughts on the kind of the second half here? Yeah, I mean, you know, to kind of tie it all up back into the context. You know, one of the reasons that First and Second Timothy they're two of my favorite books in the New Testament. This stage in life and. Because you know Timothy, he uh, he is he doesn't seem to have a, a present father figure. He's like right. He's racially mixed uh, Jewish Gentile, which right. is like a huge deal um, in this time and culture. I mean, I like I, I think that that would be similar to someone in the like 1960s in America. Totally, yeah. Um, and so you know, like even today, there's like this this feeling of like homelessness and loneliness that can yeah, even racial that. mix today. I mean, uh, yeah, like you're, it's, you're a little very, bit of an outcast. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah. very complicated. And so that's who Timothy is. And I shouldn't say outcast outsider. Yeah. Outsider. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But Timothy is being sent by Paul as a young man to a church. That's very messy to basically get things in order. And I just think about how intimidating that must have been. Yeah. And, like how encouraging, you know, the letters to Timothy are very gushy. Paul, Paul's a very, very warm um, and much warmer than many, most of his other letters. And there's so much love. And then here, you know, Paul is landing the plane. And I think like the view of the church that we see here is it's, it's a big family that is slightly dysfunctional as families are. Um, and where there's sin and yet where love has to win out. And so what he's commending Timothy towards first is, you know, in verse one and two, love 
for these men, even these men who've drifted away from right theology. He, you know, a love for them, a love for the woman, a love for, you know, his fellow uh, young men and women. And then here to make sure that love is flourishing among mm-hmm. the church. That's not yeah. selfish ambition. It's not selfishness, but, you know, make sure that people are taking care of their own. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, what is at stake is the reputation of Jesus among outsiders. And I think that's a good word. Like, you know, love and mercy and compassion and 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 on all of these things that we want to be true of the church and, and the flourishing of the community. Like if you have an environment where people are taking advantage of systems, like all of that breaks down. Like that that has to be built on a a culture where there's true trust and mm-hmm and true ownership between people. So it's just, again, it's just so balanced of what actually leads to a flourishing community. Mm-hmm. You, wanna, mm-hmm. you wanna learn more about what we do with the widows in the church, Will? Well, well you'll have to come back tomorrow. All right. All right. For Will Carlisle, I'm Jason Dees. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.